0: Ever since Scryfall added their foreign language searches, you can just put in random things, and oftentimes a card comes up in whatever language. Like, I bet if I search the most immature thing I can think of, like, okay, do you know there's a card with "fart" in its
1: name? Oh, probably. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what a, that card is, but I 100 believe it.
0: It's from Born of the Gods.
1: Oh, I probably. It's a supp- rare. Oh no, I it. It's
0: me. a land. It's in Portuguese. It's Templo de Fartura. Hello, I'm David Presswood. And I'm Christian Wright. Welcome to the 12th episode of Let's Remember Some Cards. Christian, we are at a dozen. We've done this a dozen times already.
1: That's amazing. It's not even a baker's dozen yet.
0: No, next time. Next, next
1: time. time? Oh, I've never understood how that works.
0: On the day this episode releases, we will have just finished the Guilds of Ravnica pre-release. I hope everyone had a good time. I was at a wedding all weekend, which I'm sure was very lovely, but I'm a little jealous of everyone who got to
1: play. It's okay. I thought about you every single time I cast a card, so thoughts and prayers. Today we're in for a special treat, so we've been remembering the sweetest cards from each of the five Ravnica guilds that appear in Guilds of Ravnica. In episode 10, we remembered House Demir, the blue-black color pair.
0: This week, we have some help. That's right. Here on behalf of the Silesnia Conclave, please welcome to the cast our friend, Amateur Pro and Good Luck High Five streamer, Greg Michael.
2: Hi, thanks for having me.
1: Of course. Of course. Glad you can come on. We're very excited to
2: have you on. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about the best guild, the Celesnia Conclave.
0: I will say I recently listened to episode two ninety-three of Good Luck High Five, and you were aggressive about <laughs> representing Silesnia. I
2: was advertising hard for the best guild in Magic. So well, we it was had... easy.
0: So Greg, you and I had made a bet about the magic bracket. I had we written have. the testimonial for Swords to Ploughshares, and you had done a wonderful job representing Island, and although Swords to Plowshares vanquished Island as it should have, uh, we decided we wanted to have you on the show anyway.
2: I'm still salty about that, by the way. Uh, I, I feel like a basic land deserved to win the magic bracket. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're not, but we are gonna
1: talk about white cards, which Swords to Plowshares won. So you that's know it's on theme. Yeah.
0: Well, before we dive into those sweet green and white cards, uh, let's remember that. So hit the random card button. Uh, I apologize, Ooh. this is Trade Caravan. This is the one white 1-1 one one human nomad originally summoned caravan from Homelands that says at the beginning of your upkeep, put a currency counter on Trade Caravan, and then you remove two currency counters from Trade Caravan to untap target basic land, but only during an opponent's upkeep. Why?
2: That's because white is really bad at ramping. So if you want to make a white ramp spell, you have to make sure it's really bad.
0: <laughs> I guess this just allows you to cast your swords to plowshares by untapping
1: a land. It's true. So that's, that's that was probably synergy. a good combo. Well, right. you know what it also helps with? I think this is the only Homelands card that uh, synergizes with that good old mechanic cumulative upkeep.
2: So... Mm, you use all your mana to pay cumulative upkeeps, and then you can untap it to do something with it in your opponent's turn. Oh, right. That's nice.
1: But it only helps every three turns. <laughs> or yeah. t- two, sorry.
2: two t- Or three? No, three. <sighs> I, I like to think that this was a white version of the card Thalid. You know, Thalid, every three turns gave you a 1-1, and I bet they were like, we should make a white version of Thalid. And for some reason, it untapped a single card. I think that's probably the best and most generous explanation. Um,
0: (laughs) I mean, after the supreme power of Fallen Empires, they decided that Spore counters were too much, so now we're on currency counters. Yeah. For one card in all of Magic's history that has (laughs) currency counters. Well, let's talk about some actual good cards. Christian and Greg, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about what the green and white Selesnya are all about?
2: Yeah, so the Selesnya Guild is all about togetherness and unity. The Slesnia Guild welcomes all. We invite all of you that are listening to come join our lovely guild. (laughs) We take everyone regardless and we bolster each other together. Um, We're all about togetherness and unity and power in numbers. Always proselytizing, and I appreciate that. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely.
1: As you said, it's all about community. It's reflected in the mechanics, right? So you have Convoke, which you need a lot of creatures to get a bigger effect on another card. And you also have Populate, which increases the size of your army. It's very flavorful.
2: Absolutely. Selesnya has some of the best mechanics uh, of any Ravnica set. And that's not me just being biased. um, But of all the Ravnica guilds, some of the mechanics have been kind of duds. But both Selesnya mechanics uh, do a really good job of capturing the flavor of Selesnya. And it was so good... They decided to bring it back when they went to Ravnica a third time, right? They sure did. Yeah, Convoke is, is back in Guilds of Ravnica, as we all experienced at the pre-release this weekend.
0: <laughs> well, so why don't we talk about the guild mages? So as we discussed in our Demir episode, one of the best ways to tell what the color pairs are supposed to do is to look at those guild mages. They're kind of the ground floor for what the pair wants to do, what the guild represents, and what
1: the set's trying to accomplish. Yeah. Each Ravnica block had a guild mage for each guild. So each one is a two mana, two, two, that is either a wizard or a shaman. In the original Ravnica block, each cost two hybrid mana. In the return to Ravnica block, they cost one mana of each in their respective color pair.
0: So the first guild mage from the original Ravnica set was just Selesnia guild mage. And that cost Selesnia Selesnia mana. So two green, two white, or one green and one white. It was a two, two elf wizard and it had two abilities. You could pay 3 and a green to put a 1-1 one, one green Sacralane creature token into play. Gotta love that. Or 3 and a white, creatures you control get plus 1, plus 1 until end of turn. So Greg, this is exactly what
2: you were talking exactly. about. Exactly. This card is incredibly emblematic of what the Slesnia Guild is trying to do. It makes creatures and it buffs them all up. This card is sweet. I still see it played in Commander from time to time. I see it in cubes. It's a really nice way to enable a token strategy. Also a fun fact about this card, this was the first ever card revealed with the hybrid mana. Um, If you go look at the first ever preview article for Ravnica, uh, Mark Rosewater previews this card and talks all about the hybrid mechanic, uh, which I think is pretty sweet. They chose Selesnya to front and center represent the hybrid mana symbols.
0: Well, it is about togetherness.
2: It is. I don't know if you
1: guys remember, I played a lot of Ravnica drafts because it was the bee's knees but this card it was awesome in that limited format as well it's very great that the emblematic guild mage was also clearly the best one yeah the next guild mage that they released when they returned to ravnica in the appropriately named return to ravnica is v2 ghazi guild mage it's green to white for a 2-2 dried shaman for four colorless green and a white you put a 3-3 green centaur creature token onto the battlefield and then for two and a green to white you populate Yeah, in
0: populate, you just put a token on the battlefield that's a copy of a creature token you control. So this is a little more
2: expensive on the front end, obviously, but a 3-3 green centaur creature token is no joke. This card was a bomb in Limited. This card was phenomenal. It's being able to just, whenever you want, make 3-3s, not at the cost of a card, is excellent. And the first time you do it, it costs 6, but then you can start populating and it costs 4. And if you have better tokens on the battlefield, like there were some 8-8 elementals in that set, then like this card just goes off.
1: So this is really interesting because both the Selesnya guild mages so far were absolute limited bombs. And why is that? What is it about it that makes them incredibly ridiculous?
2: Well, making tokens is an effect that's always good in limited. Some of the other guild mages have situational effects. So like, is it guild mage, for example, copies spells. If you don't have spells to copy, is it Guild Mage isn't going to do much. But you can always make tokens. And if the board is at parity, tokens will always break that parity. So both of these Guild Mages were very, very good if you reached a situation where you and your opponent were at similar spots, giving you the advantage in the long term. Make a lot of friends and so turn them sideways. That sounds yeah. good to me. <laughs> what we're about.
0: Exactly. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go and talk about the top eight... Silesnia cards from the previous sets. As we've talked about, these are cards from the first two Revnica blocks that have a Selesnia watermark and are only Silesnia, so no split cards. They don't have to be green and white together. Some are green, some are white, some are the pair,
1: but that's the pool we're pulling from. And unlike our Demir episode, these are in a particular order. So our first honorable mention, we have two honorable mentions this time. The first one, Temple Garden, is the green-white dual land. For Selesnya, it's a force in playing, so it can tap to add a green or a white Charbonne pool. But like all the Shocklands, when it comes into
2: play, you can pay two life. If you don't, it comes into play tapped. I love Temple Garden. I have so much to say about Temple Garden. First of all, like guild Guildmage, Temple Garden was the first shock land they ever previewed. About a month before Ravnica came out, they announced Temple Garden to the world. It caused a huge stir because it was both a forest and a plains. People were talking a lot about it. And, you know, since Selesnia is the best guild, they chose to show off their <laughs> land first. Um, I like I use Temple Garden a lot cuz green white's my favorite color pair, so when I will I have a bunch of commander decks that use it, including my favorite commander deck, which is Karametric God of the Harvests, which can search your deck for forests and plains. So usually Temple Garden is the first thing I find. Which art? So, oh, sorry, ooh, I think I like the original Temple Garden art. Oh, but the, the, the one in the new set with like fall colors is really beautiful. Oh, it is beautiful. I haven't taken
1: a close-up look at it. I don't yeah. know. That might be my favorite now, because the original... I was going to say the original was my
2: favorite as well, but oh my God, like... The... The art on the original was a little dark um, for our taste in the Selesnia Guild, but it's still fine. <laughs>
0: I could see it being Golgari. I just want to note here that the Temple Garden expedition really kind of got the shaft on this one. Mm-hmm. It's, it's uh, not really a temple. It's not really a garden, and
2: it's kind of washed. It's not out. really a forest or a plains either. No, very very disappointing also when ravnica came out my best friend at the time's mom took me to the toy store to help pick out a birthday present for my best friend and while she was there as like a thank you for helping pick out a present she got me one pack of ravnica and it had a foil temple garden wow. in it. and it, wow. that was like the most valuable card in the set at the time and little greg was so excited i still have that foil temple
1: garden. that's, that's exciting that's
2: awesome I think we should move on to our next honorable mention. I wanted to be sure this one got on the list. Honorable mention is the Voice of Resurgence token. Not voice of Resurgence itself, but the token, the XX Elemental that Voice of Resurgence makes, is a fun one because fun fact about this card, when Dragon's Maze came out, it was not a very valuable set. There weren't many expensive cards in it. There was Voice of Resurgence and Ralzari and nothing else. And because of this, this token, this elemental XX that has power and toughness equal to the number of creatures you control was the third most valuable card in the set. And it was a token.
1: (laughs) (laughs) My favorite thing about this token is A, I definitely paid $6 for two of them at one point in my life um, because I bought into it. And B, when it came out with Amara and also Voice of Resurgence, which I don't know if we're going to get to or not. There was a lot of conspiratorial screen grabs on Reddit that I remember, or people being like, well, clearly Amara should have been voice of resurgence because you can see the token in the background and here's the token, but what's not, and it was, it was like a fun little rabbit hole before the pre-release to be like, oh my God, what was the real story? And then when you heard the real story, it was just super depressing.
0: Well, why don't we talk about that real story? We're going to start with our number eight card here, which is voice of resurgence. So Voice of Resurgence is green-white for a 2-2 elemental with some awesome text. It says, whenever an opponent casts a spell during your turn or when Voice of Resurgence dies, create a green and white elemental creature token with this creature's power and toughness are each equal to the number of creatures you control. This card is awesome. Awesome.
2: Yeah, this card's great. It was The best card in Dragon's Maze is really good in modern creature decks, like especially Collected Company decks. It's a phenomenal hit off Collected Company, messing with your opponents if they're trying to interact during your turn. And yeah, this whole Amara story was really funny. Clearly, this was supposed to be Amara, but there was a weird mix-up. What happened was Dragon's Maze had 10 Mythic Rares, and one of them had to be Ral Zarek, the Planeswalker. And there were 10 Legendary creatures, and they wanted to make them all Mythic but they didn't have enough spots. And they decided it would be unfair to leave one out, and so they just made them all rare. And they were kind of all stinkers as a result, especially Amara Tandris. Ended up being a stinker while she could have been this really sweet card, Voice of Resurgence.
0: Yeah, this card is definitely mythic power level. I mean, it makes sense that they put it at that level. It really does an incredible amount of work for very cheap. Also, can we just talk about the... uh the deer man in the art yeah Dear man it is beautiful took me a long time to realize that it wasn't just a face that there was actually a body hiding in there so uh kudos to you winona nelson for
2: uh for painting that so i'll hard. be honest i'm not sure i ever noticed there was a body huh? there.
1: <laughs> well you learn new things every day yeah <laughs> one of the things i want to talk about with voice resurgence i've played it and played against it and it forces people to play magic incredibly differently and that's one of the things i love about the card
2: we in the Selesnia guild aren't the most interactive of people. You know, we, we play our creatures and then we attack with them. And so we're a big fan of this notion of playing spells on your own turn. So this is kind of a way to force the opponent to play the game our way, which I like a lot. Also, fun fact about this card, my first ever Dragon's Maze draft uh, had this in it and a Shockland. And I took this and the person next to me was like, hey, you probably should have drafted the Shockland. These are worth a lot. <laughs> and then I flashed in the voice of Resurgence and he was like, oh, never mind. You made the right pick. <laughs> it's, not, it's nice to have opponents who
0: attempt to be helpful even when it's like, <laughs> I got this, dude. We're good.
2: <laughs> but it was the only card in the set more valuable than the Shock yeah. that we could get.
1: Moving on to our next card, it's Call of the Conclave, huh. which we're also going to mention um, another card from Ridge Ravnica, Watch Wolf as well. But they're basically the same card. Call the Conclave, green and a white, for a sorcery put a 3-3 green centaur creature token onto the battlefield and it's a callback this was printed in return to ravnica and it's a callback to watch wolf which was in the original ravnica which is same thing green and white for a wolf creature that is a 3-3 and that's it
2: yeah these cards are both quite simple two mana for a 3-3 but they're both great Um, Call of the Conclave was phenomenal with the populate mechanic because centaurs were some of the best things you could copy. And so if you could pay two mana to get one into play, then kind of all your populate spells are super powered up.
0: Yeah, nothing wrong with a two mana 3-3. I mean, you get that big green power coming into play here, which is one of the benefits that Selesnia has. I mean, green is often thought of as being these big beefy creatures and white kind of more on the smaller token front. This just shows you where they intersect and really fun card to play.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I remember everyone lost their mind about Watch Wolf when it came out because at the time you didn't really see that kind of power level on a creature and everyone was like thinking this would break, not break standard necessarily, but it would pretend to really aggressive green white decks. It always sticks out to me whenever I see a two mana three, three, I always think about Watch Wolf first. It's kind of set the standard for what a three, three can and should be.
0: Yeah. As yeah. somebody who plays a lot of decks that fold to a 2-mana tutu 2 on turn 2, uh, <laughs> this card is terrifying, and I'm done talking about it.
2: Yeah. I have two. I have one fun story for each of these cards. i prepared a lot of fun, nostalgic stories. Um, Watch Wolf, so I was in seventh grade when the original Ravnica came out. It was actually the first set to have the words 13-plus on it, and I turned 13 days before the Ravnica pre-release. So I was very excited that I could still play even though they printed 13-plus. <laughs> Watch Wolf was the first time that I stayed up until midnight for the expressed purpose of seeing a preview card. Wow. I was like gonna go to bed at a reasonable time, and then the preview cards all came out at midnight. And I was like, you know what? I want to see the next preview card. I'm gonna stay up till midnight, and so I did. And that night, Watch Wolf was revealed.
0: You got paid off. I did. Aside yeah. from their obvious superiority, I see why you're so into Celestia. You have a lot of great personal <laughs> <Yeah>. stories about. <laughs> Here's
2: here's my Call of the Conclave story, then we can move on. Um, when Return to Ravnica came out, I was studying abroad. I was in Budapest, Hungary. And I went to a Ravnica pre-release. It was actually less than a block from the apartment I was living in. And it was, at the time, the biggest magic tournament I'd ever been to. There were 90-something people there. Because wow. it was probably oh, wow. the only release in the whole city. Um, and everyone spoke English, which was great for me. And all the cards were in English because they don't have cards in Hungarian. But there were some pronunciation issues. And the word "centaur" was not easy for the Hungarian people to say, and I had a really good Slesnia deck. I won this tournament, or at least I tied in top four. and I'll never forget after beating someone in my winning in, I had a bunch of I populated a bunch of centaurs and he looks me right in the eyes and says, "You and your darn Kantos) <laughs> a centaur right. Oh, it was so great. So I always remember kanta <laughs> Alright,
0: well then I'm curious to see what you have for our number six card, which yeah. is Siege Worm.
2: Yeah, so my fun nostalgia about Siege Worm is that they used to do these articles on the Wizards website where someone would buy one of the pre-con decks, and then they'd play it five times, and then they'd switch out some cards, and they'd play it five more times and they'd switch out some cards. And me and my friends who were like didn't have much of a budget loved these articles because they were all about turning the pre-cons competitive. And so sometimes we would do this just for fun. And so I bought the Selesnia precon. My friend brought, bought the Demir pre-con. And, and we did this. And every time we'd play five games and we'd open a pack and you could add in cards from your pack. And the Demir pre-con had no answer for Siege War. Five, five, trample. There was nothing he could do. And I kept opening them in packs. And so we would play, and just every single game, I landed a Siege Worm, and he could never win. And it was a ton of fun. And then after we did this, we like went through our decks, and we realized that I accidentally added five Siege Worms into my deck. <laughs> and he got really mad. He was like, you cheated, this card was too good, and you had five in your deck. Uh, but
0: So Siege Worm is five green green for a five-five creature worm. Very simple, it has Convoke and Trample. And this is kind of the ground floor level, big Convoke creature. It was in Ravnica when Convoke came back. They printed in Magic 2015, and it's
1: coming back in Guilds of Ravnica again.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm very excited to see it back and play it in Limited again.
1: Oh, I, I love playing this in original Ravnica. From what I remember playing original Ravnica, I didn't think highly of Convoke until I started to play Siege Worm. And then I drafted a lot more <laughs> Celestia decks yeah. in triple Rab. after that. It was it was fantastic cast.
2: Our number five card is Scatter the Seeds. I was talking to a friend right before this podcast about how some of the most emblematic Celestia cards are cards that both make tokens and benefit from having tokens. And Scatter the Seeds is a perfect example. It's a five mana instant with Convoke. That's how it benefits from having tokens. That puts three 1-1 tokens into play
1: yeah it's a little army in the can it's really great and again as you said you're playing a lot of creatures early and so those creatures if they don't make a beneficial attack they can turn into more creatures with the spells you draft it's fantastic
0: yeah Yeah, this was a, a critical card when they reprinted it in modern masters 2015 as well there was a great go wide deck and scatter the seeds was incredibly abusive I saw a lot of people cast scatter the seeds for free multiple times yeah
2: that was always nice
1: Whenever we get to talk about sprout swarm uh that's going to we'll have we can have the the dark side of convoke but not today.
2: Do you want a fun story? I can keep going. Go. Her, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember playing this card against my brother who hadn't played magic for years and like I was clearly winning and I like didn't attack with my creatures and he was like why would you possibly not attack with your creatures if you're already winning? Just attack. And I was like I don't want to attack with my creatures. And then in his end step I played Scatter the Seeds. And he was like, "Oh, that's why." I don't know. It's just it tilted my brother and I thought that was
0: funny. <laughs> I mean, did you at least say, "Do you even sapperling bro?" when you played it?
2: <laughs> no, remember I was in 7th grade, so that's fair. you know, the I I wasn't at that level of of comedy yet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Card number 4. It, this was in Return to Ravnica. It was, we have a really fun story about this. It's Rootborn Defenses. It is two and a white for an instant, and it says, Populate. Creatures you control are indestructible this turn.
2: A couple fun things about Rootborne Defenses. First of all, I mentioned Wizards of the Coast previewing Selesnia cards first. Rootborn Defenses is another example. It was the first card shown from Return to Ravnica. This one was a mistake, though. They accidentally put it in a pack of the set before, and someone posted it on the internet. And everyone thought it was fake. Everyone thought it was fake. This populate mechanic was ridiculous looking. No one thought they'd actually print that. Um, and I think someone from Wizards of the Coast had to confirm and be like, yeah, this, this card is real.
0: <laughs> uh, We've well, seen that a couple of times where cards that they have printed from following sets end up in packs of the previous set.
2: I think around this time, about four Four-ish years ago, it happened a lot, and they've clearly fixed the problem yeah. since then. It was sad for Wizards that the first card people would see in the set was a kind of boring cop.
0: So our number three Selesnia card, uh, and I want you to know that I looked this up specifically so I would know how to pronounce it, is Autochthon Worm. Autochthon Worm is 10 green, 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 white, white, <laughs> or a... <laughs> I, I can't about uh, that. For a 914 Worm. With Convoke and Trample. So it's like Siege Worm walks in and is just adorable, and then a Toxin Worm is like, now we're here.
1: <laughs> so, how do you think they came up with that mana cost?
2: How do you think they came up with that staff? 914? <laughs> Who put those numbers together?
1: Obviously, if you
0: spend 15 mana, you're expecting 23 power and toughness.
2: Right, that's the natural
1: rate. Oh, yeah, no, that's clearly shown in other cards, too. Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so this card also has some cool historic precedent. I believe when it came out, um, other than unglued cards, 14 was the biggest number they'd ever put in a power toughness box. Um, There were some 12-12s around, but 14 was the biggest, obviously topped by Emrakul when that one came out. Um, But this is still the third toughest creature in magic, up until Guilds of Ravnica comes out, when we gain Impervious Great Worm, which is a 10-mana, 16-16 Convoke Indestructible, which I think is a clear allusion to a a Tocton... I know I'm saying that wrong, but that's fine. A Tocton (laughs)
0: 10-mana, 16-16 seems a little easier to cast although if you're convoking usually it's not a big deal but the 16 16 doesn't have trample and that's yeah. just a little sad for everyone so if you're getting your buy a box promo just be aware your opponent's going to block it with one lens all day
2: that's true although a talked worm i remember seeing that and just being like wow that's huge in a pre-eldrazi world we were not used to creatures this big I mean,
0: it's just the ultimate Timmy card. I just love seeing the generic mana symbol with a double-digit number in it. It reminds me of Aladdin's Lamp from Arabian Nights, which was also just 10 mana. So old precedent for the, uh, the old double-digit generic mana symbol.
2: In my competitive play group, uh, there are three of us who usually play in tournaments together, um, and we're all very spikes. Um, but one thing about our group that uh, my friend Sam has noted is that if you take our group if you, if you take all spikes and redivide them into spike Timmies, spike Johnnies, and spike spikes, that our group perfectly straddles the three. Uh, my friend Matt is a spike spike, my friend Sam is a spike Johnny, and I am the spike Timmy. And this on worm is definitely a card that triggers my Timmy side. Um, I remember the first time I cast it and just being like, I have a nine fourteen. This is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so
1: I was going about to ask, like, because I don't ever remember casting this card, because I think I tried. I just didn't have enough creatures.
2: I think I cast it once, and then I took it out of my deck.
1: Well, mission accomplished. Yeah. Uh, exactly,
2: mission accomplished.
1: So we haven't talked with the guild leader yet. Let's talk about that. That's going to be the second to last card of our top eight of Selesnia. It's Tristani, Selesnia's voice. Uh, It's a 2-5 Dryad for green, green, white, white. Um, It's a Mythic Rare from Return to Ravnica. When another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you gain life equal to that creature's toughness. So Angelic Chorus um, from Urza Saga is one of the abilities. The second ability is Colorless Green to White Tap and Populate. Another
0: Populate with legs. Powerful.
2: Yeah, it is funny that the Guild Mage, an uncommon, just does a better job at populating than the Guild Leader herself or themselves, i should say
0: that's right it is apparently a three dryad it is
2: tristani is three dryads who are all mentally linked who like all agree and together the three of them combine their power and lead the selesnia conclave united which is interesting looking at guilds of ravnica because in guilds of ravnica tristani is named tristani discordant which makes us think that maybe something's going on. They clearly don't agree on something. Maybe Nicole Bolas has interfered and convinced one part of Tristani to fight against the others. I don't know. I'm, I have no idea what will happen, but I'm excited to see that. That would be a cool story arc. So, how how many Tristani's um,
1: have the Supremes altered on the art? Because really, that's what I think about when I see the art. It's
2: just you know the Ronettes, something like that, like a girl group it would be fun to ask the artists what ridiculous groups the artists themselves have, have had to draw on top of Tristani.
0: So if we run into Chippy, we'll be sure to do that.
2: Yeah. Notably in the first Ravnica set, uh, the legends weren't very exciting. There was Chorus of the Conclave, often forgotten original Selesnia guild leader, uh, followed by, a, I think it's Tolsmir is his mm-hmm. name. Um, but the legends weren't very excited, exciting, and they didn't continue on through the story. So we were excited to see a new guild leader, Tristani, come out. And clearly Tristani was popular on, enough that they're still around in the new set. Also, Ameritondris, who we've mentioned earlier, is still around. That's awesome. So what's our most Selesnia card? Well, I don't know if this is the most Selesnia card in flavor, but I do think it's the most important magic card with the Silesnia watermark on it. And that would be Court of Calling. David, do you
0: want to talk about Court of Calling? Do I ever. So Court of Calling is X green, green, green for an instant. It was a rare from Ravnica. It has Convoke, and it says search your library for a creature card with converted mana cost X or less and put it into play, then shuffle your library.
2: Yeah, this card is awesome. Uh, It's a very good use of the Convoke mechanic. Uh, It's a really strong tutor. It still sees a ton of play in Commander. It's one of Green's best tutors, Um, and it sees a lot of play in Modern.
0: Yeah, I mean, I play a Obzon Company deck, where oftentimes at the end of a turn, I will cast Company for four mana, I will put two creatures into play, and then I'll use those two creatures and a few other creatures to cast Court of Calling for free, get another combo piece, untap and win.
1: Yeah. 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 Since the moment it was printed in original Ravnica, it's been in tournament level decks. That's how powerful this card is.
2: Yeah, and when they remade Convoke, not in Guilds of Ravnica, but Convoke also showed up in M15. And they were sure to reprint Court of Calling in that set too, because of how important and emblematic of Convoke it is.
0: That's right, and this has inspired other cards. Uh, War of Invention, for example, which we recently saw from the Kaladesh block, was X blue, 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 and had Improvise, which is basically Convoke, except you can tap Artifacts to pay the cost. Um, and it went and got you an artifact with converted mana cost next. So it's something that they've looked at and they said, this is powerful. You know, we might be able to do less powerful versions of it. But that card has seen a bunch of tournament play in uh, decks as well. Yeah. Really powerful. Great in uh, Commander as well as a tutor for the 100 card format. So really strong altogether.
2: Yeah, though notably, uh, since this was in M15, it might be the only card in on our list that hasn't always had the Selesnia watermark. Because M15 wasn't about the Silesnia, so there was no Silesnia watermark.
1: That's
0: true. Uh, yeah, there have been a couple of cards that have been reprinted master sets. As oh, well. that's true. They yeah. probably don't. Have but uh, you know, thanks to uh, thanks to Scryfall.com for including watermark as a searchable feature. Absolutely. It's been very helpful through this process.
1: Yeah, You're making our podcast for Scryfall. All right, so
0: I'm going to recap the list here. We had two honorable mentions: Temple Garden and the Voice of Resurgence token, and then. Number 8 was Voice of Resurgence. Number 7, Call of the Conclave. Number 6, Siege Worm. Number 5, Scatter the Seeds. Number 4, Rootborn Defenses. Number 3, Autophan Worm. Number 2, Tristani Selesnia's Voice. And number 1, Chord
1: of Calling.
2: Ugh, what a list of phenomenal magic cards.
1: From the best guild, right? From the best, From the best, guild. best guild. So, Greg, where on the internet can people find you?
2: Yes. So if you want to reach me online and talk to me about how great Selesnya is or any other things, you can find me at uh, Twitter. My Twitter handle is Magic Michael. Now, let me spell that for you. It's magic underscore M-I-C-H-E-L-P. So there is no A and the P at the end is silent. But don't forget it because you can't find me on Twitter without the silent P. We'll be sure to put that in the release notes as well. Also, I am a uh, Twitch streamer for the Good Luck High Five podcast. And so I stream on their Twitch channel every Thursday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. I do drafts and other fun stuff. Um, So if you want to watch me come play Magic and come hang out, you can find me there. I do, and I will. So before we go, (laughs) Greg, you
0: and I met through your brother, Steven. It's true. Who uh, played Commander. and basically showed me what Commander was years ago at Labyrinth Puzzles and Games in D.C. But the first time we played together here... I learned that you had a nemesis.
2: I do. I had a nemesis in my early days of Minneapolis magic um, because my name is Gregory Michael and there was someone who played at the same store who happens to be a friend of yours, by the name Michael Gregoire. That's right. Which they would always, when I would tell them my name was Gregory Michael, they would always accidentally add Michael Gregoire to the tournament. And there were so many PPDQs or drafts that I would play in. And I would show up and round one pairings would go up. And there's Michael Gregoire's name scrolling and not mine. And I would have to go to the tournament organizer and be like, hey, sorry, that's not me. <laughs>
0: and they have to the- name of me (laughs) that's what happened is you saw the name of other pairings and you kind of rolled your eyes and you said oh my nemesis and i said wait michael gregoire i I know him have you met michael gregoire in person
2: i had we'd uh before we met we'd played twice at drafts at this store because sometimes we'd go and both of us would be there and i'd joke i'd be like oh maybe i'll play my nemesis today Um, And I'm pretty sure I'm 2-0 lifetime against Michael Grimm.
0: Okay. Uh, Well, there's a reason that in our GP Minneapolis episode, which I believe was number six, we had you guys back to back.
2: Yes, I did appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everyone for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter at RememberMTG, or you can send us an email at RememberSomeCards at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to us on wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a rating. We're trying to get as many ears on the podcast as possible. And please give us feedback. Tell us what you liked, what you didn't, cards you want to remember, cards you'd never want to remember again, a.k.a. Trade Caravan.
2: Yeah. And, you know, feel free to tweet at RememberMTG and me with your favorite Silesnia cards. I always love being nostalgic about Silesnia cards.
0: 100%.
1: And until next time, don't forget to remember some cards.